what's up, everybody? So good to see you. Cape Christian, also all of you who are joining us from around the country and the globe online. We love our online church as well. So great to be back with you guys. Uh, just, I really do appreciate all the, you know, some of you are getting genuinely concerned. Is pastor okay? I promise I'm okay. Uh, I was actually speaking at another church last week on the other side of the state. Um, I'm an overseer for a great church in Boca Raton called uh, Victory Church. So they had me in a couple times every, uh, every month or every year. And uh, so I was there, but I'm finally back. I'm in the gym, I'm eating, I'm getting, I'm getting healthy. Uh, so you don't have to worry about me, but I appreciate the concern. But you're, now you're stuck with me for a while. So I hope that is uh, okay. All right, so... So uh, yeah, so I want to say that. Great to be with you. And we are, if you're just joining us uh, for the first time, we're in week four of a five-week series that we think has the potential to really uh, change and enhance the trajectory of our lives. Uh, it's off of a book written by Pastor Andy Stanley called Better Decisions, Fewer Regrets. And so uh, if you're with us for the first time or if you're with us for the fourth time in a row, I'm going to do a quick recap of where we've been so we can be ready to dive into it. And so the whole kind of premise of this the series, this idea is that we all are writing the story of our own life, that we are penning our own story. And the way that we are doing that is one decision at a time. You are writing the story of your life one decision at a time. And so uh, we've been talking about making good decisions because good decisions lead to fewer regrets. But how do we make good decisions? Well, there's this connection between good questions and good decisions. What we've been talking about and what we have found is true is that good questions often lead to good decisions. Most of the time, our decisions are no better than the questions we asked before we made that decision or no worse than the questions we didn't know to ask. And so we have been talking about that. And there's five questions that we want to give you in your toolbox that when you make a decision of any magnitude, academic, financial, relationship, future, all of the above, that you can have these five questions that will help you make better decisions. And you need to kind of ask them in order. And so the first question that we asked a few weeks ago, I talked about the um, integrity question, and it just asks this question, am I being honest with myself really? We talked about how the easiest person in the world to deceive is ourselves. And a lot of people aren't honest with themselves, and so don't be most people. Uh, we're going to be, am I really, that question really is, am I really being honest with myself? That's going to help us to, to talk about what our reality is. Then the second week, Pastor Joseph walked us through the legacy question of what story do I want to write? If we are penning our, our life one decision at a time, what's the legacy? What's the story I want to I wanna write? He talked about uh, Mother Teresa, George Washington, Martin Luther King. Uh, and that's the question that we ask after we ask, am I being honest with myself? And then last week, Pastor Cindy talked us through the conscious question. And I love this one because this is the one when I'm being honest with myself, when I think I'm making a good decision, when everything makes sense, it looks good on paper, but I have kind of this something in my gut, something tells me, ah, to pay attention to that. And so the question was, the conscience question is, is there a tension that deserves my attention? Everything might seem right. Everybody's going, yeah, this seems good, but something feels off. It doesn't necessarily mean it is, but we owe it to ourselves to pay attention to that. So those three questions lead us to our fourth question. And I am so, these next two weeks are gonna be so powerful. I'm so uh, excited about where we're going with this. Um, but before we do, if you're visiting, you may not have seen this, but if you're from around here, I wanna show you a picture that's fairly familiar that you've probably seen. We are on kind of the westernmost part of Florida. And if you wanna head anywhere north or south, you have to get on this always busy interstate, Interstate 75, right? And so you have to head east. And as you're heading toward I-75, at some point you have probably seen this sign. 
Uh, if, and so whether you wanna go to Naples South or you wanna go to Tampa North, you get closer to this and you realize I'm getting close to 75. Now this sign seems a little bit misleading because as you're, it's one sign that says, go this way to Naples and to Tampa. Well, from where we live, and I don't know, if you're online, you, you may not be familiar with the geography, but those are two opposite directions. But there's one sign that says, just keep going and you're gonna get to Naples and Tampa. And so, uh, but more importantly, what they're letting you know is you're on the right track to I-75. Now, the good news is as you get closer and you get on the on-ramp, this one sign does actually become two and it looks more like this. Oh, so I go this way for Tampa, I go that way for uh, Naples. Now down here, it's confusing because sometimes it's a, a loop to go to Tampa. Sometimes it's a loop to go to Naples. It never makes sense. But either way, now we see we want to go this direction. Now I want to have just a little fun exercise for us. Let's just say we all decided for the sake of just fun or argument that we were wanting to go to Tampa. Tampa is to our left. If you're heading east to the north, we're going to Tampa. Now, most of us, when we get in a car, our goal is not to go as slow as possible, to see as much scenery as possible, to take in the sights. What is our goal when we get in a car? Get there as fast as possible and yell at all the other people who are in our way, right? That's what, right, we just wanna get there as fast as possible. Most of you didn't clap till I said start yelling. Um, we wanna get there as fast as possible. So if you were on a road trip and the goal was to get to Tampa, you would never go, you know what? We wanna get to Tampa, we have somewhere to be, but let's just go this way just for a little bit. Let's, let's just see what's on the road. Uh, let's see what's on the right and the left on the way to Naples. We'll turn around at some point, but I just wanna see what the first couple exits are like. Maybe they have a Chick-fil-A right off the exit. Like who knows? Maybe they're even open on Sunday. That would be amazing. Uh, <laughs> Maybe they have an Applebee's or a mall. Like, I know we want to get to Tampa, but let's just, let's just see what we see. And then when we decide it's time, we will turn around. We would never do that, right? We would never do that on a road trip and go, I'm going to go out of my way the other direction from where I want to be. We would never do that in our car. But I think we do it in life sometimes. I think we do it with our decisions. I think sometimes where we ultimately want to go and where we want to be we sometimes go a little bit further the other direction with some sort of idea, well, let's just see where it goes. I mean, one just simple, easy example would be the speed limit, right? We probably all, most all of us, some of us, most of us do this with the speed limit. What do we do with the speed limit? We choose a speed that we are convinced will allow us to break the law without requiring an encounter with the law. What is the acceptable overage, right? Uh, yeah, and so, and again, we have law enforcement in this ser every service, and some of you have told us what that is, and so that's how we know what it is. But we do, and we don't even feel bad about it, right? How far past it can I go without actually getting in trouble? And we do this, I think, with a lot of things. We do it, um, we do it with our curfews. Uh, we do it with our diets. We do it with our spending. Some of us do it with our heart, our emotions, our relationships, because our natural inclination, how we're wired, is to live as close to the line as possible. Now, what line am I talking about? You, you know the line. It's the line between legal and illegal, right? It's the line between responsible and irresponsible, the line between moral and immoral, the line between ethical and unethical. We, our broken humanity, our natural inclination is to go, how close to this line can I get without it actually creating unmanageable outcomes, right? How can we do, really the question we're asking is how close can I get without me becoming my own worst enemy where it leads to 
harm, danger, embarrassment, divorce, being expelled, being grounded, being kicked out of the house, getting fired. How far can I take this without it really costing me more than I want to go? And, and this, there, this all is driven by this flawed assumption. There's a, there's, we're actually knowingly or unknowingly asking the wrong question. There's this flawed assumption that informs so many of our decisions. And this assumption that we have actually impedes our ability. It blocks our ability to make good decisions. And it's the assumption why I believe that we're okay with living on the edge of danger or embarrassment. So I wanna give you this assumption kind of in four statements. And the assumption goes something like this. Well, if it's not wrong, then it must be all right. Yeah, if it's not illegal, then it must be permissible or, or okay. If it's not immoral, then it must be acceptable. Or if it's not over the line, it's fine. This is an assumption we live by, and there's a, a gap in here that, that causes some of us more pain than we realize. And here's, it's, listen, you're, the, you're, you're not the first service this weekend that I've seen look at me like, we're not, pastor, don't tell me what to do. We're not gonna go, like, listen, hold on before you just start throwing things at me. See, you thought you missed me, and I've only been here like seven minutes. Like, we want the other guys back. Like, let's go. Um, let me just ask you a question. As a parent, you would never set the bar this low for your children, right? As a good boss or, or, or friend, you would never set the bar this low for anybody you actually care about. In fact, I think there's only one person in our life we would ever set the bar this low for. Who is it? Ourselves. That's, this isn't what we want for our kids, but we've convinced ourselves this is our bar, right? That, that, that nobody else. And so essentially we're asking, how low can you go? How bad can I be without actually being bad? Or how bad can I get, right? How close to wrong can I get without actually doing something wrong? If you grew up in the church world, maybe it's this way. How close to sin can I get without actually sinning? Don't we ask that question all the time? That's, we're kind of hardwired to do that. And again, I wanna not condemn at all, but compel and encourage you that there actually might be a much better question that will lead to much better outcomes where you love yourself, you love the people around you, and you really like where your life is heading because these are, this is the wrong question. Because here's the problem with how far it starts with, uh, where's the line? But then we take it the next step, which gets us to the speeding situation, right? Actually, how far over the line can I go before actually causing a lot of embarrassment or harm without getting caught. Really, we're asking how unsensible can I be before I create just incredibly unmanageable outcomes? And again, while that, that, that may be a thrill ride, it usually leads to a series of regrets. And it's a slippery slope and it leads us to the wrong question. And everything I've just said kind of fits under the umbrella of here's, the que here's our flawed thinking and here's the question we're asking that is not the best question and is this, is there anything wrong with this? Well, there's a lot of things that we've done that weren't wrong, that still led to hurt, heartache, hurting other people, embarrassment, and, and led to, well, let's just call it regrets, because we're talking about regrets, right? Because this, well, is there anything wrong with it, is typically a justification question that leads to the next question, which is, how in the world did I get myself into this? Well, we got ourselves into it to going like, well, how wrong can it be? What's the worst? You know, it's funny how many times we ask, well, what's the worst that could happen? We're great at asking that question. You know what we're really bad at? Actually answering it. Because if you ran those scenarios ahead of time, you're like, we should maybe not do this. <laughs> but we ask it rhetorically going, well, I asked the question. Like, well, what was the answer? <laughs> right? We did, oh, forgot. And here's why this is dangerous. The whole, is it wrong? Here's why this is not the best question. And again, I'm not saying it's always gonna lead to regret, but it eliminates any margin for error. 
There's just, there's no room for anything to go wrong. There's no room for any, there's, it, it just gets you into trouble. And it really, truly, in my opinion is, and I believe the Bible's opinion, God's opinion is a foolish and more importantly, dangerous way to live. Because the truth is this, it's rarely ever one decision or one act or one behavior that gets you into trouble, is it? It's rarely ever one decision or one behavior that causes pain. But what is it? A series of bad decisions, a series of wrong decisions, a series of, 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 of unhealthy decisions. And all of a sudden now it's not about, uh, let's go back to our Tampa Naples experience. It's not a, the fact that you're like, you chose Naples. Let's say you actually wanted to get to Naples or to Tampa, but you got in the wrong line and you end up Naples. Well, if it's just that one decision, what do you do? Oh man, I missed my turn. We'll flip it around at the first point. Really not that big of a deal, right? One decision, one behavior, we can turn this around. But really, it's rarely about the fact that you got on the wrong path, but it's where that path goes. Because one more mile down the road takes you further down the same path. And so it's usually a series of questions that, that are a series of, of decisions that lead us to the regret and the pain. But what if I told you there's a much better question? There's a way better way to avoid hurt, avoid regret, and experience joy and purpose. Instead of living uh, on the edge, you can actually create margin for yourself where even if uh, it's not the best case scenario, you're going, oh, wow, I had a better question. Now, because remember, we said at the beginning, and we've been saying almost every week, the decisions we make are really no better than the questions we ask. So the secret is, the secret sauce is this. This works if we will ask the questions, all of them in order, answer honestly, which starts with number one, am I being honest with myself, and then act upon it. If we will do these things, we will make, I promise you will make better decisions. I promise you'll experience fewer regrets. And so that leads us to this week's question, the fourth question, which actually perhaps might be the best question ever. Actually, I was convinced it was the best question ever for about 20 years. And then I wrote next week's message and that's the best question ever. So this is the second best question ever. And I really, really believe it is. And so here's a much better question and we're gonna personalize it and we're gonna break it down that I believe if you ask this question, you will like where your life heads. And the question is, not how far can I go, not is it wrong, a different question altogether. What is the wise thing to do? What is the wise thing to do? Now, again, you like me are probably so tired of commercials and advertisements asking this question. Way more of you should have picked up on the sarcasm than that. In fact, I think it would be good uh, for you to hear yourself ask yourself this question. So let's read it together. What is the wise thing to do? What's the wise thing to do? Wisdom, wise, not a word we throw around a lot. Bible speaks a lot about it. I think we all want it, but we don't maybe value it. And see, here's, the, here's why this question changes the whole game. Because it may not be illegal, it may not be immoral, it may even be permissible, but it can still be unwise, right? Like, is anything bad gonna happen if one time you eat 30, you know, like Butterfingers? Maybe, maybe not. Different question. Is it the wise thing to do? This question, here's, here's why I love this. This actually brings a ton of clarity really quick, especially in a minute when I give you the context. But here's what a mature person knows, and this is a big deal. And if you're a young person, I love that I was kind of given this when I was young. I wish I would have taken it more seriously. But if you can get this as a teenager, college student, uh, before you, you create a family for yourself, man, you're gonna save yourself a whole bunch of regrets some of us experience. Something can be not wrong and yet unwise at the same time. Yep. Something can be not wrong and yet unwise at the same time. That's the space 
that we leave it. Something can be not wrong and it can actually still lead to regret if it's unwise. Because we've already said that most of our biggest regrets are preceded by a series of bad decisions. They weren't necessarily immoral. They weren't necessarily wrong. They weren't necessarily illegal. It's not, you know, again, it's not illegal or moral to do a lot of things, but they still were unwise. And so this one question can help you so much. What is, the, and, we per, and we need to personalize it. So what is the wise thing for me? Everybody say me. me. Because now instead of it just being like, well, well that's kind of nebulous in general and it depends. No, what's the wise thing for me to do. Now, the cool part about this is Paul, the apostle, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament that we have in the Bible, he wrote about this. He, had a, he hated Christians, had a radical encounter with Jesus, and became somebody who helped uh, Christians and Jesus followers follow Jesus, wrote letters to Christians and churches around the Greek uh, province in that time. And so he wrote one letter to a church area to Christians, Jesus followers, in a place called Ephesus. The book is called Ephesians. And he uh, so, so briefly but eloquently puts this in Ephesians chapter five. And here was, was, this was Paul's words 2,000 years ago to Christians in the Greek, kind of, uh, Greek Roman Empire. He said this in, in verse 15. He says, be very careful, be intentional, be alert, pay attention, intentionality, those types of things. Then how you live. He's like, be intentional how you live. Okay, Paul, I'm with you. He says, not as, help me out here, unwise, but as wise. Notice he doesn't say illegal. Notice he doesn't say immoral. He doesn't mention the Ten Commandments or the law or the prophets. He says, he uses this better word. He says, don't live unwise, be intentional, be careful, live wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. What's really interesting about this is it doesn't seem to me that much has changed in 2000 years. I feel like if Paul was here preaching this weekend, 2022 America, he'd be like, okay, okay, Florida Christians, Cape Christian, here's what I've observed around the world. Um, I would say to you, uh, be careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. You should try to make the most of every opportunity because the world is kind of falling apart or the days are evil. Oh, that's what he said there. Same thing. I, I don't know that this has changed. Not a whole lot has changed. He says, he's saying then live wise. I think he would be saying now live wise. I am saying now live wise. Why? And I love this verse 16, where it says, making the most of every opportunity. He says, I, I actually want you to make the most of every opportunity. If you look at the Greek language, there's actually a term for that. And it's more literally translated to redeem the time. He's saying, if you live wise, you can redeem time. You can get back time. You can get back energy. You can get back resources. What if you didn't have to miss out and lose out on all of your bad investments? Think about this for a second. Wouldn't it be awesome if we could like reclaim all the time and energy and loss we wasted on bad decisions? Yeah, he's saying wisdom can help you do that. You know, wisdom can help you avoid those pitfalls. We can reclaim that. And so Paul is compelling. He's encouraging. He's inviting us to invest our time, invest our energy wisely. Why? And he's saying, because I want you to redeem the time. There's, there's redemption around you and I want you to be a part of it, but you're gonna have to live intentionally and be wise. He's saying that. And sometimes the best way for us to redeem the time, we can't undo some of our regrets. So how could we avoid some future ones? Some things, sometimes the best thing we can do is look back over our shoulder and look at our decisions, our mistakes, even relive our regrets so that we can make better decisions moving forward. Why? Because if we don't, we're, most of us are probably on a path to repeat the pattern. It's like, hey, you're still going to Naples. Yeah, yeah, but I promise it'll be different. We're gonna turn around any moment. But you're still going to Naples, which again, regularly takes us back to question number one. Am I really being honest with myself? I can handle it. Oh, again, we covered that four weeks ago. But again, what's the big why? Why is Paul like, hey, be careful, be alert, live wise. Why? He says it right here at the end. 
the days are evil. It was true then and it's true that. We do not live in a morally neutral or ethically neutral culture. There's nothing neutral down the middle about the world that we live in. We don't live in a morally, ethically neutral culture. When was, I kind of joked already, but when was the last time you saw an advertisement or commercial that promoted or encouraged you to be careful? Spend less or be wise or hey, when was the last time you saw a Super Bowl commercial that said, spend less, do less, and just exercise self-control? Like no one's paying five millions for 30 seconds for that. What? What is our culture? Do now, do more, invest in the moment, live, go to the edge, spend more, do more. If not, you're a total loser. Haven't you seen Instagram? Your life sucks. You know what I mean? Like that's the world we live in right now. And so Paul, and Paul's not bashing the culture. Here's all he's saying. He's like, this is on us. Don't expect the world around us that doesn't know Jesus to help us with this. Don't expect them to celebrate it. Don't expect them to cheer us on. He's like, this is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. We have to be intentional. We have to be careful. We have to live as wise. And we should be the one cheering each other on and pushing that when people push against the current, go, oh, we're just gonna go to the max. You know what? We're gonna do our time and our money differently because our family has longer term goals than what in the most immediate. There should be some believers that celebrate some decisions that go, man, I'm so proud of you. That's a tough decision. Everybody else is doing the Disney thing, but we're not this year because college or we, we got this other thing or, or we're being smart about investments or whatever the case may be. So this is why I think the fourth question might be what I thought was the best question ever. I'm now say second, uh, but you have to come next week for the best question ever. So what's the wise thing to do? Now, the, the best way you can apply this, the, the, way, the way you can get the most... Um, mileage out of this question is if you personalize it, and I want to give you three contexts that, and this is where it really, really, really adds clarity. This is where you can really hone in. And so um, the three contexts or the three levels or layers that you can ask this, the three different perspectives is not just what's the wise thing to do, because that's kind of general, but the three perspectives are, are your past, your current present or your, your current situation and your future. And when you do that, it's going to make things really clear really quick. It doesn't mean you're going to make the right decision, but you at least owe it to yourself to ask the question. And so the question actually looks like this. and, And when we put past, present, future on it, it goes like this. In light of my past experiences and my current situation and my future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing for me? Somebody say me. Me to do. Now I'm not just talking about general wisdom. We're talking about my past my toxic upbringing, my healthy upbringing, what I saw, what I didn't see, what I got, what I didn't get growing up, my current reality, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, financially stable, financially tight, uh, relational healthy, relational unhealthy, uh, academic, like my current situation, which means it can change, and the future hopes and dreams, the there I hope to get to, what is the wise thing for me to do? So let's dive into this. Let's just break this down here as we kind of... Dive, dive into this. So in light of my, let's take the first one past. In light of my past experience, in light of my past experience, what's the wise thing for me to do? If we do not pay attention to what got us into trouble yesterday or last week or last year or last girlfriend or last whatever, then most of us are heading for the exact same trouble. Oh, well, it's gonna be different. No, no, you're still going to Naples. <laughs> because our personal past for all of us predisposes us to some specific temptations, 
to some uh, specific directions, specific addictions, specific blind spots, et cetera, all of us. And they're different for all of us. And they can even be different for us at different seasons of our lives. So you have to know why it's, we have to be honest with ourselves. What are those things? They may not tempt other people. They may not pull other people down. They may not trigger other people, but they trigger me. Why? Because of my past experience. So I have to pay attention to my past and it will inform my decisions moving forward. Uh, you know, it's, it's like, oh, I, I, I really, you know, I was a drunk and had alcohol, I was alcoholic 25 years. Like, I, I know people like that, they just stay away from bars. Are bars bad? No. Are they illegal? Not necessarily. Are they wise for somebody who has a drinking problem? No. So in light of my past and the fact that I would be a sixth generation abusive alcoholic, there's some decisions I'm gonna make that you don't have to make because that's not your past. Are you with me? Yeah. Reminds me of a young man I met years ago in ministry. His name was Ryan. Um, Ryan was a man's man, uh, stud, uh, um, and uh, had football scholarship. And I was like, oh, I got to know him a little bit. As senior year of high school, he's like, I want to play football. He's like, man, I want, I, I want to play football as long as I can. Then I want to have a great family. I want to be a dad. I want to be a husband. I'm like, oh, that's cool. So tell me about your family. He goes, oh, it's a train wreck. Just a complete train wreck. I'm like, well, tell me more. And I got really into his life. He became a real, still is a good friend. And found out that um, his mom had him and his brother uh, with their dad. And as soon after um, they had the second child, the, the, he divorced her and bailed. So he never knew his real dad. She brought another man into her life and he beat them and abused them, pushed them into the locker, punched them in the face, bloody noses, just horrible stuff. And so he, uh, his coping mechanism was to get swollen huge and this is never gonna happen to me again. And he did really well on the football field and, and all those things and would just go for whatever girl would fill that spot in his life in high school and even going into college. And so, uh, so what, what, uh, he had this serious girlfriend. She broke up with him. The football scholarship thing, he was like, I don't really know. And he started to get really honest with himself at about 18 years old is, do I like the direction my life is heading? And what he realized, what I respected so much about him is he got really honest with, I wanna be a good dad. I wanna have a good marriage and I wanna have a good home. I've only ever seen complete chaos and, and, and just dysfunction. So he was smart enough to go, I can't just create this on my own. So he actually came into a leadership program, um, got really serious about pursuing men, men of God, gave his heart to Jesus, got saved, fell in love with the word, uh, really just got intense on the Bible and Jesus. And, and he would even invite himself to my family and other men. He's like, can I just come have dinner or come to a game night? I just wanna see what a functional family, like how do you eat meals? How do you talk to each other? What is a game? He had never seen any of it. He knew that in light of his past experience, all of his future hopes and dreams were out the window unless he did something different. And so again, he was one of those, would have been a statistic. He would have been a guy who got divorced, beat his wife, was, or beat, beat his wife, beat his kids. And, and he was on that path until Jesus intervened and he started asking this question. Well, fast forward a bunch of years later, he started to do some hard work on himself, got some real healing, was really honest with himself about some things, get some forgiveness all of a sudden. Now, Ryan, just two months ago, became a lead pastor in the East Coast, married a gal who was my assistant, an incredible woman for many years, has two boys, he's an incredible dad, He's an incredible husband and he's now leading a church. Why? Because he knew his future hopes and dreams and he wasn't gonna be deceived about his past. He knew his past was going to sabotage his future. But that's Ryan, he had to be honest with his. That may not be your upbringing, but what are your pitfalls? What are your temptations? What are the things that have sucked you down or, or drop, drop, drawn you in? What is it, are there financial problems, a habit? a form of entertainment that has become more than just a form of entertainment. Maybe it's something you have no control over. Whatever it is, you owe it to yourself to be honest and go, man, is my past trying to sabotage my future? And in light of that, I gotta be wise. There are certain things Ryan didn't do for a season that other normal people could. Well, he was getting rebuilt and he was wise to ask that question. 
So that's in light of my past experience. So many of us are just casual with our past. Again, let's, let's take relationships one step further. Dating, you just got out of a nasty divorce or a nasty breakup. Is it wrong to go date somebody else? Not necessarily. Is it wise? I don't know, but that's a completely different question. Let's ask ourselves some things about what got us there so we don't repeat that pattern. This is, a, this is a whole different question that brings a whole different clarity that sets you up for a whole better future. Past, present, number two is present. In light of my present, my current, in light of my current circumstances, what, what's, what's true about me now? Am I tired? Am I on top of my game? Am I, am I worn out? What's my emotions? Do I get angry easy? If, if you're easily angered, like in light of my current situation, I'm angry. What's the wise thing to do when I'm angry? Do you know what the wise thing to do when you're angry is? Nothing, <laughs> nothing. You know what my dad always said? He said, I never got in trouble for something I didn't say. I always got in trouble for stuff I did say. Like what manage in light of where, what's going on here, what's the wise thing to do? Maybe take a minute before you go inside the house to try to straighten everybody out or whatever the case may be. You know, for me, this has been a real reality. Mine. You know, um, we love our family. We love parenting. For 10 years, we couldn't get pregnant. And so I'm in my 40s. I'm in that season where a lot of my friends, their kids are in college or high school and it's becoming the empty nest and more time for leisure or a side hobby or an investment or more golf or, or shopping or whatever. Well, 11 months ago, God gave us a gift and, he, and this little dude has changed our lives. Blake, he's almost a year old now. Oh, I know he's super cute. Um, that's Huskers, by the way, in case God's, God's country, God's team. Um, a little cross-dressing because that's Adidas and that's Nike, but we'll get over it. Um, but my future hope and dream, one, my biggest one is to always be married to the same woman and that my adult children want to have a relationship with me because that's gonna be their decision. How I play the game with them, the 18 years they're with me is gonna deform that. And I've read way too much about the importance of, of a parent's involvement, specifically a dad's involvement in their children from zero to five, where they uh, develop their identity, their sexual identity, their, their security, how it uh, uh, even academically can uh, create um, chemicals to increase their aptitude for learning. This is true for moms and dads. And so like, I can't afford not to be a major part of his life ever, but specifically zero to five. I've never said no to more good things in my life. And I'm, I, I feel guilt with it. I'm not golfing very much anymore. I rarely ever go fishing. I'm saying no to like fundraisers for mission. Hey, we come help us raise money for missions. I normally would do that. And we, hey, let's go out with the board and there's passes. All good, all good things, all good things. But I continually ask myself in light of my current situation, is this the wise thing to do? So we're just saying no a lot more. It's hard when you lead an amazing church with a lot of great people, but I only get one shot with this and it's not gonna be forever. Did the same thing when Madison was born. I was playing like two softball leagues, a racquetball league, a golf league and flag football. She was born, quit it all, except for flag football. <laughs> I am from Nebraska, but why? Because I wanted to be a major part of her life when she was growing up. Now she's 11, 12, 13, she has her friends and she's like, oh, dad, don't need you. It's cool, great. I got Blake anyway, whatever. You know, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Madison, I love you. Um, but, but we all have it. This won't be forever. Are you working on an investment? Are you in a transition job-wise? Are your kids in a certain season? You owe it to yourself to ask the question in light of my current situation, what's the wise thing to do? It may not have been the wise thing five years ago and it may not be the wise thing in five years, but it might be the wise thing now. And again, it will help you to get to the last part, which is the future hopes and dreams. In light of my future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing for me to do? You owe it to yourself. And here's the thing, the, the, the deck is already stacked against our future because life is just hard, right? So 
the asking the wisdom question is gonna help us, the, the, the maturity question is gonna help us get there. Here's what I have found. Nobody actually plans to undermine their own future. We just usually don't plan not to. And again, we put our head down, we start down Naples. Next thing we know, we're on South Beach and we're like, how do we get to the East Coast? Because we just didn't plan not to. The wisdom, the, the maturity question helps you not undermine your own future. And here's the challenge. Most of us, some of us, we have good excuses and our excuses are good. You know why? They're mostly true. They make sense. Like, I'm not hurting anyone. Yet, I can handle it initially. Well, there's no law against it. Actually, you're right. And God will forgive me. That's always true. Always. Romans 8. But rather than, well, God will forgive me, what if it was God didn't have to keep forgiving you and put the pieces back and heal and restore and work through your pain? What if it was just joy and peace and purpose and you were moving in the right direction? Like you didn't have to keep going like, oh God, like you can, but rather than use that as, as an excuse, why not go, God, I'd rather our time and our energy not be spent on, oh, what a wretched soul that I am, but like, how about we experience the full life that you have for me according to John 10, verse 10. What's in light of my future, the, the there I hope to get to, where do I, what's the wise thing to do? The purpose of this fourth question isn't actually to stop getting you to do something wrong. It's just to keep you from doing something unwise. And sometimes those are different because unwise is a great, unwise is the way to regret. And so here's my challenge as we close. What if just today, this weekend, wherever you're at, we decided to kind of put away our worn out old excuses. What if we just decided to get rid of them, put them away and say, we're gonna ask a different question. Not, is it wrong? Not, how close to the line can I get? Not, how far past the line can I get before it becomes unmanageable? But what is the wise thing for me to do in light of my current situation, in light of my past experiences, my future hopes and dreams? Let's exchange our excuses for a better question. So what do, how do I take this home? Ask this question. And I, we've been saying a decision of any magnitude. I'd say any kind of decision. Relationships, finances. Well, in light of my past situation, my past circumstance, are you impulsive? That matters. In light of my current situation, what is the context that informs this decision? And in light of my future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing to do? And I'll just throw out a bonus one. And this may be the only service I say it. If you look at the book of Proverbs in the Bible, it's the book of wisdom. About every five chapters, you know what it says the wisest people do? They talk to other wise people. It says, get wise counsel from wise people. So I never make a big decision without talking to the wisest people I know. Not the smartest necessarily, the wisest. So there's a bonus thing you can do. If you're like, I'm still unsure it's not, this will clear most of it up, but if it's not, who's somewhere down the road that you wanna go and go, help me make this decision. How did you get here? What would you do if you were in my situation? Speak clearly and honestly, whatever the case may be. So how do we apply this? I'm gonna pray. There's a couple questions you can ask yourself that'll help you maybe clarify this. For some of us, we don't know where we wanna be. Here's what's true about every single person watching this or listening. All of us are gonna end up somewhere. I want you to end up somewhere on purpose. I want you to know where your somewhere is and I want you to be there. So how do we answer this question? Let me give you two questions to kind of filter this through. Number one is where do you wanna be? What are your future hopes and dreams? Where, where do you wanna be? And if you get really honest with yourself, you're gonna bring some clarity. And then number two, how, what do I gotta do to get there? How do I get there? What do I need to do to get to where I want to be? I don't want you to settle for good. I don't want you to settle for legal. I don't want you to settle for permissible. I don't want you to settle for moral or ethical. I want you to settle for best. I want you to settle for wise. And I believe wise is gonna lead you to best. And that's what God has for you. It's what God wants for you. And whether you know it or not, it's actually what you want for yourself. I know that about you. So I'm gonna pray. And then we're gonna go and we're gonna put this into practice. As I pray, I wanna say one last thing. 
If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you don't have a relationship with God, the wisest decision you could ever make is to take your hands off the, the steering wheel of your life, slide over and let the creator of the universe, the lover of your soul and the world, the architect who knows what he made you for, be the one who calls the shots. And you surrender your life to him and you watch him do for you what you could never do for yourself and what this world could never do. And so as I pray, perhaps you need to say yes to Jesus. He already paid the price for all of your mistakes. You can never go so far. You could never be so far gone. He's, the Bible says he stands at the door and knocks on your heart. And he says, if anybody would open, I would come in and I would make them my dwelling. And if that's you, you can just say that prayer in your mind, your heart, Jesus, I, I, I want you to take the wheel. I want you to be the one who drives, calls the shots. I want you to come into my life. And if you do that, you join the greatest kingdom. You join the, the family of God. All of heaven celebrates and you will literally become new. If you do that, the only thing I ask is look at the screen behind me after this prayer, send a text message to this, the code, and we just wanna help you and walk with you through it. If you're here and you need prayer for anything, you need somebody to listen to, pray with you. We have a, an amazing ministry team in our prayer room that would love to do that for the rest of us. I'm gonna pray a simple prayer, and then we're gonna go um, ask ourselves, what's the wise thing for me to do? And we're gonna make better decisions, and we're gonna experience fewer regrets. Pray with me. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your word. God, I thank you that you created us not to suffer, not to survive, not to be miserable, but God, you want us to experience what you have for us. And, and sometimes your best looks different than the world's best, but God, I pray that we would have the courage to ask these questions. What is the wise thing for me to do? Give us the courage and the wisdom to, 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 to really know and hone in in light of our past, our present, and our future, the future you have for us. Um, God, I pray that we would we'd do the work of asking this question. And God, for, for some of us, maybe for us, the future is relinquishing the future we want to build and inviting you to speak into what's the future you have for me, Lord. I wanna walk with and I wanna serve you. God, help us not just to hear this this week, but to go do it as well. We love you. And God, we, we pray that we would make your name famous as we go throughout our life this week. In Jesus' name, amen.